Well, good morning and welcome to Springbrook Community Church Online. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. I tell you, it was such an encouragement to see how many people came together to be with us online uh, last Sunday. It was encouraging. We had people from all over the country <laughs> that were with us uh, last Sunday. So that was, that was really fun. And so I just wanted to encourage you that if you are local in our area, uh, we'd love the opportunity to connect with you when we get uh, back to meeting uh, in our building. Um, or if you are out and abroad and you can't find a church in your area, um, if you'll just reach out to us, let us know. We'll be more than happy to help you find one. Uh, but we are so glad that you are with us uh, online this morning. If you have not had a chance to check out our website yet, you're going to want to be sure to do that. Um, there's a place for you to sign up for Springbrook News uh, and updates. And so you want to make sure that you're plugged into uh, everything that's happening uh, here at Springbrook. Uh, we've got some great resources for you. Um, if you are in need, if we can pray for you, there's a place for you to, to indicate your uh, need there. And then uh, the resources page has just been really fun. We've really been developing that. In fact, um, it's been encouraging to see um, how many people have jumped in to do that 2020 Bible reading plan uh, with me this year. Uh, believe it or not, the first quarter is over this weekend. And so uh, I know it seems like we we're just getting ready to go into 2020 yes. and first quarter's over. Uh, but I just want to encourage you, it is never too late uh, to jump in and uh, start reading. Um, it's been encouraging just to be able to see how God's been working in and through that. And, uh, you know, we've got some other great resources for you. I know that there's some uh, great information on there from devotionals that Bethany's doing with the worship team. Uh, Matt's got some information up there as well. Uh, but I want to encourage you to take advantage of those resources that we've made available um, for you. You know, it's been interesting because as I think about the first quarter of every year, um, Every year, something has happened in my life that was major. Uh, sometimes it's been personal. Maybe it's been an, uh, an accident or a health-related issue. Uh, sometimes it's with friends or family. Sometimes it's a job. Uh, but it just seems like the first quarter of every year as I look back in my life, there's been something major that's happened. And I tell you, this uh, COVID-19 is sure something that's been major, isn't it? Um, it's not just something that's affected me or our church um, or our state or our nation. It has affected the entire uh, globe. The entire world uh, has been affected uh, by this issue. And I can't think of a time now more than any other where we need to be able to speak into that and uh, provide hope. You know, I can tell you if it wasn't the COVID-19 virus, I guarantee it would be something else uh, because there's always something, there's always some reason um, that we need hope. And you know why that is? It's because we live in a fallen and we live in a broken world. You know, sin entered into the world through Adam. Uh, we are separated from God. And uh, the world is a mess. Uh, curse is the ground that we're working on, uh, but the world is a mess and we all need hope. And so uh, I hope that you are encouraged uh, by the message this morning, by our time together uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to focus on uh, hope uh, this afternoon. I'm grateful for the hope that we have in Christ. And I'm really excited about the preparations that we're making for uh, Palm Sunday, for Good Friday and for Easter. So we're going to be focused a lot on Christ as we move through this season. Um, today, I want to focus specifically on the hope that is ours and the new life that is ours uh, through Christ. And so I just want to encourage you to jump in, take advantage of those resources. It's been exciting to just hear the stories of how God's been at work uh, in and through people in our ministry, um, through our small groups. It's been encouraging to hear how many people have been making calls to one another. Nobody is slipping through the cracks at Springbrook. And that makes my heart feel so good uh, because we don't want people to feel like they're alone and so it's been encouraging to hear about some of the stories uh, where God's at work through our youth ministry with our students, uh, through some of the things that they've been doing. Um, some of the adults are just getting really creative uh, with how they connect with one another. It's been exciting to hear uh, some of the things that have been happening uh, in and through our worship team as well. 
And so I'm going to pass it over to Bethany and just maybe ask you to share, you know, maybe a story of something where you've seen God at work. But what's been encouraging you um, this past week? Yeah, I've been so encouraged by the global worship community in the Christian church. Um, one of the hardest things about being a Sunday morning worship leader is that you don't get to go and visit your friends who are doing the same ministry work. And so being able mm. to see a lot of people I love um, leading worship and caring for their church families online has been a real gift. Mm. Um, and just the artists who are putting their music out there, who are doing online concerts, who are just providing hope and care. And um, I think there's something really, really meaningful about art in a time like this. It gives hope. It gives imagination. It gives vision, like mm. we talked about last week, of... Um, you know, the hope that we have in Christ. It, yeah. it helps mm-hmm. us to see beyond where we are. And so a lot of my um, d- deepest encouragement this week has come from just artists and worship leaders all over the place who are ministering yeah. so faithfully. And our worship team specifically has stepped up in a big way where I'm working from home and I've got a toddler and husband doing school full time. And so I re- I'm reaching out and saying, hey, you guys got to take care of each other. Make sure you're checking in. Um, and they're just, they're making phone calls and sending texts and they're taking care of each other. Um, you know, stepping up when I don't have the margin that I wish I did, mm-hmm. you know? And so just filling in, you know, the, the body of Christ serving as it should, um, stepping in where one person is weak, another is strong. So there's just, there's a lot of good going on. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of, um, creativity that's being sparked in this time. So I've been very encouraged. You know, by they talk that. about the bigger you get, the smaller you need to get. Mm. And there's something about as we get smaller, where you start to see some growth through that. So absolutely. it has been encouraging. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to go in, into a time of just worshiping through song together this morning. And I want to read to you our call to worship from Psalm 46. This is verses one through three and verses 10 and 11. It says, mm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's sing praises to our great God this morning, who is our fortress. Holy name, 
right now you feel like the night is holding on to you. It feels like we're in the middle of a long, long dark night. And I hope this morning that the spirit is um, just tangible and present in even in your living room, even in your kitchen, wherever you're worshiping with us, that you would sense the nearness of God to you, that he would be giving you a new vision for what he is doing in your hearts, in your families, in your lives. Let's continue in worship, asking God to be our vision. Be thou my vision, O oh Lord. 
Lord Jesus Christ, high priest of heaven, hold this world that you created in the strength of your prayer before the Father. Hold us all in the Father's loving care. We praise you that you are Emmanuel, God present with us always, even in this current crisis. Thank you for the peace that your presence brings. Lord, in your mercy, fill us with that peace. Thank you that we can trust you to bring comfort to those who are affected by COVID-19, to those who have lost loved ones, and to those who are dealing with illness or fear and anxiety. Lord, in your mercy, surround us with that comfort. Jesus, you healed many people as you walked this earth. You are still Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. And we look to you with confidence. Lord, in your mercy, pour out your healing. The future is unknown to us, but we do not walk into the future alone or without hope because you are with us yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, in your mercy, enlarge our capacity for hope. Lord, you say that when we lack wisdom, we should ask for it. We humbly ask for wisdom for the Springbrook family 
our local, state, and national leaders, our medical professionals, and our family, friends, and loved ones. Lord, in your mercy, give us discerning hearts and minds and grant us the peace and unity of that heavenly city where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Bethany. What a blessing it is to be able to uh, to worship together, isn't it? I absolutely uh, love that portion of our service together. I think that's one of the things that I miss the most. Um, I like to uh, sing music around my house, but my voice just doesn't seem to carry it the same way. <laughs> I love it when we all come together to sing because I get to listen to everybody's voice. And so um, I tell you, we have got uh, we have got such a, a great staff. I am so thankful for our staff. We got Pastor Matt back here is uh, keeping all of the uh, video equipment going. And uh, it was fun for Bethany and I just to kind of get together and kind of talk about, you know, the service this morning as we look at these different passages. And uh, Matt and I were kind of joking because we were in a series on Ezekiel. Uh, this morning we're going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 37. And uh, we went through um, the exhortation part of Ezekiel at the beginning. And now we're at the hope to all the fun stuff. And uh, so we had to make some adjustments um, as we went through uh, these past few weeks getting ready to stream online. And so I'm grateful that we're going to be able to end uh, with the Valley of the Dry Bones um, next week, Pastor Tim's going to be bringing a uh, message of hope uh, based on uh, Palm Sunday. Um, we've got some exciting things scheduled for our Good Friday service and for Easter as well. So be sure to check out our website, watch for more information about that. And I just also want to take this moment to thank our staff. We have great staff. Um, there's more that happens in church than just on Sunday morning. I remember when I had somebody ask me once, uh, just from a ministry perspective, well, you're a pastor, you just work on Sunday, right? And so... That's not the case. There is so much that happens uh, behind the scenes with our ministry with regard to resourcing, equipping, and investing in our leaders. And our staff have just done a fantastic job uh, these past two weeks just really keeping uh, the ministry growing. And not just going, but growing strong. And so I am just uh, so grateful for our staff. We've got a great elder board, a, a, just a group of men um, that I treasure, that are important to me, that I value. Uh, we've got great elders, we've got great staff. And then I just wanna thank uh, all of our ministry team leaders. Um, for which, without, um, this church would not exist as it does today. Um, we have got great leaders in Springbrook, and we've got a great church body. I'm so grateful for those of you that have been praying for our ministry, uh, for those of you that have been supporting our ministry financially so we can continue uh, the ministry uh, that God has called us to, to build passionate followers and to reach this community for Christ. And so I just want to give a moment to praise God for his provision for us uh, these last two weeks, and we'll continue to step out in faith uh, to what God has for us as we wait to see how these things uh, unfold. Uh, but this morning, we're going to be looking at Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 14. I just want to encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, uh, just turn to, just open it up to the middle, and then uh, you can just start paging to the right. Um, you'll go past Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Lamentations is right next to it. If you get to the book of Daniel, you've gone too far, so back up a little bit. Uh, but we're in Ezekiel chapter 37, and uh, we're going to be looking at a couple of passages this morning that I feel will really provide us the hope that we're looking for, not just through this current season that we're in, but hope that will last uh, for a lifetime. You see, uh, as we look at Ezekiel 37, when some approach this passage, sometimes people can understand this passage uh, from a perspective of political revival as you look at the reinstallation of the state, the country of, of Israel. And so I think some of this, some people will approach this passage from a po political revival perspective. And then some people will preview this or take a look at the resurrection passages and, and they'll 
preview that as a, as a national life of Christ's second coming. And then some will look through this and find it to be the resurrection of the dead that we'll see in the last days. And that's the, that's the view I hold. But there's different views on how to interpret this passage. And I just want to say this morning that regardless of which view is held, um, for us today, um, this message is going to provide a message of new life and hope. You see, we serve an awesome God that raises the dead to life, that gives life to the broken, that provides hope. And I just want to ask you this morning, have you ever found yourself in a position where you have needed hope? I know I have. As I think back on my life, there's been plenty of instances where I've needed hope. You know, for some people, they need hope right now in the midst of this season with with COVID-19. For some people, they need hope because they've got loved ones that are sick or ill or they've lost loved ones and they're looking to grapple for where God would be in this. Some people are looking for hope right now because of our circumstances. And then for some people, they needed hope before we got into this past two weeks. And so COVID in one sense is just kind of pushing people over the edge. And so there is a desperate need, I think, for hope in our culture, more so now than there's ever been in the past. You know, but that's not the case. For some people right now, they're just moving through the day and they don't have a sense of need. You know, we all have a sense of need at some point, though, in our past. And maybe you feel it now. And if you don't feel it now and you haven't felt it in your past, I guarantee you're going to feel it at some point in the future. You know, as I think back on my past, you know, just even as a kid, I can remember getting through school sometimes. I needed hope just to pass a class. When I was in college, I can't tell you how many times I prayed, God, help me to remember what I've studied. You know, we've all gone through periods in our past where we've needed hope. Uh, but today we want to specifically look at the hope that God provides uh, his people as we look at his word. We all need hope. At some point, we turn to a variety of sources for that help. Uh, but this morning, I want to look at four principles for hope that are in any circumstances, things that you can draw from. Four principles for hope from a biblical perspective. You see, we serve a God that exists. He has a plan. And the hope that he has for us is found rooted in his word. And so let's begin by looking at Ezekiel chapter 37. Let's read verses 1 and 2 together. It says this. Ezekiel speaking, and he says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he sat me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around them, and behold, there were many, many bones on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very, very dry. So I want to stop there for a moment, because what's happening here is Ezekiel has been taken by the Lord into this valley, and be given a vision. And the valley is filled with bones. The bones are decayed, they're dried out, they're bleached out. It's a graveyard with a complete absence of life. You know, my grandmother grew up in uh, Joshua Tree. She had a cabin out in the middle of the forest in Joshua Tree. And as a kid, I'd go out there with my, uh, with my family and we'd ride motorcycles. I loved going out to the desert. It was funny because every time I'd be driving around, you know, every once in a while I'd find, I'd find bones, whether it was a rabbit or a snake. Or, and I was always kind of enamored by the bones that I could find out there. But it was funny because when bones sit out in the sun for a long time, they do. They get bleached out. They get white and they get dry and, and they're brittle. And so if you can imagine this scene, Ezekiel's sitting in the middle of the valley and it's filled with dry, bleached out bones. There is a complete absence of life. And this vision, as we go through and look at the rest of this chapter, is going to talk about this vision represents the spiritual death of the Israelites at that time. That's how the Israelites were feeling. You see, they were a defeated nation. 
They had been crushed by a foreign military. They had been taken captive. They were in exile. They were exhausted. They were discouraged. They were in poverty. They were spiritually dead. And this scene that Ezekiel has been called into is reflective of the spiritual dead perspective that the Israelites have about their condition. In verse 2, um, it says that God takes Ezekiel on this tour and we get a clear view of the valley and we see this lack of life and we see a real need for hope. You see, one of the first principles that we see from this passage in Ezekiel is that if we're going to find genuine hope, it begins by looking around and acknowledging your situation and your need. You have to acknowledge your situation and your need if you're going to experience the kind of hope that God provides. Because living in denial does not provide hope. If there's something going on around you and you just pretend it's not existing, that's not going to provide you any level of hope. You know, this past week I've been watching kids uh, on spring break down at Florida and, and everybody's out at the beach and they're all having a great time. And I'm just thinking they have no sense of a, the circumstances around them. They're, they have no sense of need for hope because of what's going on with COVID-19. You know, some people are just going through this and they don't have a sense of there's a problem and they don't have a sense of there's a need. You know, I think sometimes people go through their spiritual life like that. You know, you can't experience hope in Christ until you acknowledge your separation from God. If you want to experience hope, biblical hope, lasting hope, it starts by acknowledging your situation and understanding your need for it. And that's what God does with Ezekiel. We get a, he gets a close look at this landscape. He's walking around, he sees the bones, and they're not just dry bones, they're, they're very dry bones. See, Ezekiel needed to acknowledge the need, and he needed to understand what this would mean for God's people. In verse 2, it says that the Lord caused me to pass among them, on the, all these bones on the surface. And so, notice in verse 2, it says that the Lord caused him to walk among these bones, and they were very dry. There was no life in them. God had stopped him. He had taken him from something else that he was supposed to be doing or something else that he was doing, and he placed him in the valley so that he could observe. And that's what we need to do. We need to stop. We need to take an opportunity to look around, and we need to observe, and we need to see our need. Stop, look around, observe, and see the need. Kind of, it's, a, it's an acronym, SLOTH. I did SLOTH. I, I didn't want to work with it, but, you know, but, it's, it, but it's purposeful. If you don't stop, and you don't look around and make observations about what's happening in your life and the lives of people around you, you're not going to see the need. You know, in verse 2, it says that the Lord caused him to stop and to pass among these, these bones in the valley. And so I just want to encourage you that when you think about your day this week, this month, when you think about all the things that you have to accomplish, don't forget to stop and to take stock of what God has for you in this moment. If you're going to experience genuine hope, it begins by stopping to reflect and acknowledging your situation and your need. Beginning in verse 3, it says this, God said to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered him, O Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, prophecy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay tendons among you and I will cause flesh to come on you and I will cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord your 
God. So let me stop here for a moment. Let me ask you this. How would you answer that question in verse 3? The Lord God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I want you to place yourself in the middle of this cemetery amongst all these bones. And God looks down at you and says, can these bones live? How would you answer that question? I mean, seriously, how would you answer that question? When I was in uh, seminary, I was blessed to have uh, Erwin Lutzer, who was the, was the pastor of Moody Church Center in Chicago at the time, uh, for one of my preaching classes. And uh, one day we came in and he gave us an assignment. And he had a piece of paper and he had, he had on it an address. And he said, next week when we get together, I want you to all to drive to this address and we're going to meet here. And, I, and so we, we needed some more information, obviously. We wanted to know where we were going. And so he said, this is the address to a cemetery. He said, I want you to all meet at the cemetery and this is where we're going to host our next preaching class. And so we're all looking at each other thinking it's a joke. And he said, I'm serious. I want you guys all to meet there. So we got in our cars the next week and we all loaded up. And so uh, we're at the cemetery. And so uh, we see everyone over there. So we all walk over. And so we're all having fun, joking you know, about what we're doing there. And so uh, he walks us out to the, to the middle of this cemetery. And we're looking at headstones. And we're looking at dates. And we're talking about the people that would be there. And we're just having a conversation about, hey, I wonder what their life was like. Or you know, I wonder what happened to them. And so in the midst of this little tour that we're on uh, through the middle of this cemetery, Erwin gets out his Bible, and we all, get, he makes his, we all get out our Bible, and he starts to read this passage from Ezekiel 37. And so he gets to this passage, and he says in verse 3, can these bones live? And so then he stopped right there, and he looked at all of us, and he said, how would you answer that question? And so we're standing in the middle of a cemetery, with, faced with the reality that people have gone ahead before us, they're passed away, they're died, and there's bones there. And so how would you answer that question if it was you? You know, does God have the power and does he have the authority through his words to bring the dead back to life? Well, of course he does. God does have the power and the authority to do that. And so the question that we have to wrestle through is, is that what he wants to do with us right now? What does God want to accomplish with us right now? I remember we uh, started a new church uh, up in Johnsburg and uh, we had moved into the community. We had just met some new families and we had a core team together and we were stepping out in faith for what God has for us. And that illustration stuck out to me. So I told all of our launch team, we're going to meet at the cemetery. And they were like, what? So we all went out to the cemetery and I read that passage. And it was funny because we all had to stop and think, does, does God have the power and the authority to do something like that? How would you answer that question? If you were in the middle of a graveyard standing there looking at all these bones, would they come to life? Does God have the power and the authority to raise them up? Of course he does. He is the author of life. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is our creator. He created you and he created me. He has created all things. At the very beginning, in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created. He raised up dirt. He formed it into a man and breathed life into it. That same power of creation is available to us today through the working of his spirit. God has the power and the authority to make the dead come back to life. And the fullness of that authority is ultimately found in Jesus Christ. 
Jesus says in Matthew that all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to him. In Mark, when the Pharisees are testing him and they're listening, you know, a man comes down on a mat and he wants to be healed. And, and, and Jesus says, so that you might know I had the authority to forgive sins. Take up your mat and walk. Colossians says that all things were created by him, by Christ, for him, and through him. The ultimate picture of the authority and the power of God is reflected in what we know in Jesus Christ. And if we're going to experience genuine hope through any circumstances, not just COVID, maybe it's with your marriage or with your kids or with your job or with your finances, if you think down through the list of things that you're going to place your hope in, it starts by beginning to acknowledge your need and crying out to God. And then the second principle for hope is acknowledging that God has the authority in his word to do what he said he's going to do. God has the authority and the power in his word. And that's where we find our hope. It's ultimately in him. You know, Ezekiel knows that God has that authority. He just doesn't know what he wants to do right then and right at that time. And so Ezekiel answers God. He says, you know what you're going to do. He's probably thinking, I, I can't wait. <laughs> you know, what are some of the things that God can do versus what God will do? And I think that's the tension for us. We know what God can do, but we need to seek him in his word and get in touch with what his plan is so that we know how to pray. You know, when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, he says, not my will, but yours be done. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so in my prayer life, as much as I want things to change, as, I want, as much as I want my circumstances to be different, I know that God is in control, that God is all-powerful, and it's in his authority that I can come to him and ask him and talk to him and have a relationship with him through prayer. And so my prayer life is not as reflective of trying to get what I want as much as it is trying to get in line with what God has for me. And I think that's the essence of Ezekiel's prayer. God, you know what you can do. And so God says, well, prophecy, speak my words over these bones. And in verse 6, that's what he does. He, lays, he says, I will lay tendons on you. I will cause flesh to come upon you. I'll cover your, your bones with skin. I'll put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am God. God has the authority to bring new life to the power of his word. That's one of the things I love about John 1 and one. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 4 in John 1, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It is in Christ that we find genuine hope. We find hope when we stop to acknowledge our circumstances, when we stop and acknowledge the authority of God and the power of his Word. And then the third principle is, is that we'll find genuine hope when we acknowledge that God is faithful. When we acknowledge that God is faithful. Do you know what happens when you believe that God is faithful? You are obedient to his word. You can step out in faith knowing that what God has called you to do, he's going to be there for you. That's what we see at the beginning of Ezekiel, Ezekiel's call in chapter 2. Ezekiel made himself available. God calls him. God's spirit enters into him. God's spirit stands him on his feet, and God's spirit gives him the words to speak. And so all throughout Ezekiel, we see that Ezekiel is completely dependent on the spirit of God to work in and through him. And, is he, and he is obedient to everything that God has called him to do. You and I, when we are obedient to God's word, is a reflection of our 
trusting God, knowing that he is faithful. In verse 7, it says this, So Ezekiel prophesied. He preached as he was commanded. And as he preached, there was a sound, and behold, there was a rattling in the bones. They, they came together, bone to its bone. He said, I looked, and behold, there were, there were tendons on them, and the flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them up, but there was no breath in them. And so he said to me, well, prophesy to the breath. Say, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they might live. May my spirit bring them life. And so I prophesied, just as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Isn't that great? Ezekiel was obedient to what God called him to do. And he spoke, he preached to dry bones. And God was faithful and did exactly what he said he was going to do. And so if we're going to experience the hope that we find from this passage this morning, it begins by being obedient to what we find in God's word. That's what Ezekiel was doing. In verse 7, he says this, I prophesied, I preached, I shared the word just as I was commanded. And then when he hits a little bit of hiccup, wait a second, there's no breath in them yet. So I prophesied just as he commanded me and the breath came into them. You know, when people step out and they try to do things in their own strength, that's where we get into trouble. If you're looking for genuine hope and it's based on what you think you can do or what somebody else can do, if you're relying on somebody else to provide the hope that you need, you are going to be let down. You know, if people put their hope in people around them, if people put their hope in me, you know, we're in trouble. You, know, you can trust me. I, am, I, I, I work and I pray to be a man of character and integrity, and so I'm trustworthy. But ultimately, if you're placing your hope in me, then we are all in trouble. You know, I've stepped into this lead pastor role uh, just over about two months ago, and it was interesting as I was thinking about, well, what can I do? Well, I can't do anything. I can be completely dependent on God. I can try to help a leadership team to understand what it means to be completely dependent on God. And, and our vision at Springbrook is to be completely and utterly focused on him and what he wants to accomplish in and through us together. Every believer has a spiritual gift for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. And so we have the responsibility for equipping the saints for ministry. We have the responsibility for sharing with a lost and broken community the hope that we have in Christ with them so that they too can experience what we have. Ultimately, our goal is to point people to a lasting hope that is ever timeless, that will never let us go, that is that will never let us down, that is rooted in the security of who we are in Christ and who God is. If you're looking for a lasting hope, it begins by acknowledging that God is faithful and we need to be obedient to what he has called us to do. That's the source of lasting hope. We need to find hope in acknowledging our need in our circumstances. We need to acknowledge that the authority that God has, and, and it's in his word. And then we need to acknowledge that God is faithful. He keeps his promises, and he will go before us. And that leads us to the fourth point, as we look at the last half of this uh, verses, is that we need to acknowledge that God, in fact, does have a plan. You see, God is not looking down right now, going, oh, I am surprised by everything that's happening. God has a plan. And so we need to be lockstep 
with him in his word so that we can uncover and be a part of fulfilling the plan that he has for us. Beginning in verse 11, it says this, Ezekiel says that he said to me, Son of man, these bones are reflective of the whole house of Israel. This is the state that Israel is in. This is how they're feeling. They are dried, they're defeated, they're dried up. He said, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are in need and we have been cut off. Therefore, prophesy to them and say to them, thus says the Lord, I'm going to open up your graves. I'm going to raise you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God. I will open your graves. I will raise you from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land and you will know that I am the Lord your God. I have spoken and I will do it. God has a plan. In verse 11, God is interpreting the vision for Israel. For Israel. For, for Israel. He says, these bones are the house of Israel. And this vision is God's response to the people and their hopelessness and their sin and their brokenness and their disobedience. This is God's response that they can find hope. I have a plan. There will become a time when God's people will see their destitute condition. They will confess that their bones are dried and that they're in need. And they will understand that they are cut off. But God has a plan to address their spiritual lack of life. He's going to put his spirit within them and then they shall live. And so not only do we see in this passage the saving power of God's spirit, but we also see the enabling power of God's spirit. Acts 1.8 is our theme verse for Springbrook. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit what comes on you. Our power rests in who we are in Christ and the Spirit in us. In this passage, we see the saving power of God's Spirit. We also see the enabling power of God's Spirit. He enables us to be obedient, to trust Him, and to stop and to reflect on Him and recognize our need. The Spirit empowers us. The Spirit will empower the dead, dry bones. The Spirit will give them life and will give them hope. That was the plan that God has for us today. It was the plan that God had for them then. It's the, God that, the same plan that God has for us today, and it's fully realized for us when we look at who we are in Christ. Thank God that we know about Jesus Christ today. That is the hope that we have. It is rooted in who he is. The Apostle Paul is writing about this hope, about this working of the Spirit in Acts chapter 8. And he writes uh, these words, he says, there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit is life. He has set you free. In Christ Jesus, from the law, you've been set free from the sin of death. For God has done what the law, weakened in the flesh, could not do. He sent his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit enters into the life of a believer. 
He gives him the, and her the, the power to live out the life that God has called him to. And we no longer live according to our own flesh, but according to the will of God working in and through us. In verse 13, it says, if you, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You cannot accomplish what God has for you on your own. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the Spirit is in you, has put those deeds to death in your body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. You see, because we have a relationship with Christ, we are sons and daughters of God. We are children of God. The Bible says that God loves the entire world, but only those that have a relationship with his son does he let them be called children of God. When we have a relationship with Christ, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come into our life, we become his children and we belong to him. John 6, says that no one, comes to the, no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. And so God is constantly drawing us into a relationship with himself to give us life and give us hope. And so this morning, as you step back and think about where is the source of your hope, as you think about the source of you know, your hope and who you are in Christ, what is the source of that? Are you secure in who you are in Christ? Is the Spirit of God external? Is Jesus somebody that you just know about? And one of the passages that we were looking at last week in our daily devotion, that 2020 plan, talked about that the fame of Jesus went throughout the entire land. Everybody knew about Jesus. But after he was crucified, died, and rose again and ascended into heaven, there was 120 believers. Everybody in the land knew about him, but only 120 had been gathered together based on who they were in Christ. And so there's a difference between knowing about him and knowing him. And so this morning, I want to ask you, do you know him? And does he know you? Have you asked him to come into your life? Has he taken control? When things get unsteady or when things are unsure and you're looking for hope, are you able to stop and reflect and, and look about what God would have for you? Are you trusting in his word and in the power of his word to work in and through you? And do you know that he is faithful? And are you looking to get in line with what God has for you? The Apostle Paul writes about this in uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 as well. He says, You were once dead in your trespasses and your sin, which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in the work of sons of disobedience. In verse 4 it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love that he has for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And you have been saved by faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. In verse 10, he says that God did this because we are his workmanship. We have been created in Christ Jesus for the good works which God has prepared in advance beforehand that we should do, that we should walk in them. God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. There is no life that is an accident. And God wants a personal relationship with each of us. And so this morning, I want to ask you, I want to ask you, do you have a relationship with Christ? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life? Have you asked him not just to save you from your sins, but have you made him the Lord of your life? That's something that you can do today in, the, in, a, in a time when people are looking for hope, in a time when people are confused about what we're going to be doing tomorrow and next week. We can know that God has a plan for us. He's got the power and the authority to enable us to accomplish what he has for us. But it begins by understanding who you are in Christ. And if you cannot, without a doubt in your mind, say that I know I have a relationship with Christ, today is the day that you can 
ask Christ to come into your life and give you life and give you hope. It begins by understanding your need. Father, I am sinful. I am separated from you because I'm not perfect and you are. I need you. I understand that you have the power and the authority to save me. That's what Jesus says. When I come back, I'm coming to take you with me. And so Jesus has been given the authority to forgive sins. Have you grabbed onto that promise? Are you clinging to that promise? You know that God has a plan for you. God has called you into a relationship with himself so that you can accomplish the good works that has for you. And so this morning, if you want to know how to have a relationship with Christ, it's as simple as assessing your need, understanding your need, believing that Jesus Christ is God, that he died on the cross for your sins, and asking him to come into your life and to make you alive and give you hope. And you have to do it. It's just a simple prayer. Father, as best as I know how, I know, I'm a, I know I'm sinful. I know I need you. I'm asking you to come into my life. The Spirit's going to come into you and he's going to take control and he's going to give you the ability to live that life out. And so it's a simple prayer and you can pray that prayer this morning. If you'd like to do that, we want to hear from you. And so you can email the office at springbrook.org. Um, we'd love the opportunity to follow up with your phone call next week. We are making lots of phone calls. <laughs> And so if you have questions about having a relationship with Christ or if you want to pray this morning and ask Christ to come into your life and make your bones alive and give you hope, then we want to be a part of celebrating that decision with you. And we'd love the opportunity to pray with you in that. You can just send us an email to uh, office at uh, springbrook.org and somebody will uh, follow back up with you early next week. And if you don't have a Bible at home, if yours is difficult to read, we want to encourage you, let us know. We'll send you a Bible as well. We want to make sure that you have the resources at this time to be secure in the knowledge of what God has for you and for us together. And if you are a Christ follower, if you do have a relationship with Christ, um, you are a part of God's plan for strengthening the local body of Christ. And this certainly is a part of it, but ministry moves beyond what happens just on Sunday morning. We serve one another. We fellowship together. We use our spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ. We share our faith with others. We're called to do ministry together. And so I am so grateful for those people that call Springbrook Church their home, that are enable us to be a part of what God has for us together. This is certainly a part of it on Sunday morning. The preaching and the teaching and the proclaiming of God's word and the worship is something that we can do together online. But there is no replacement for what happens when we come together in the context of our small groups to study and apply and live out God's word together. And there's no replacement for using your spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ so that others can be drawn into a relationship with yourself. And so I want to thank you for being with us online. I'm going to continue to pray for our church, that God would strengthen us, that he would protect us and enable us to be effective for what he's called us to be in this community together for such a time as this. We've had some exciting conversations with some other community leaders. I'm excited about how God might use this ministry as we go through this season. And I'm really excited about how God is strengthening our church through this time. I've been so encouraged by who you are together. And it's such a privilege for me to be able just to be a part of it and see and witness what God is doing. Every church is a miracle. And what God's doing right now in our lives is a miracle. And uh, we just want to continue to seek him um, together. So I want to thank you for being with us online today. If you want to know more about how to have a relationship with Christ, um, or if you, want to, if you prayed that prayer this morning and you've asked Christ to come into your life, we want to celebrate that with you. If you need a Bible, email us at office at springbrook.org. We'll love the opportunity to talk with you. And if you've got questions about how you can be a part of what God's doing right now, not tomorrow, not next week, but you can be, you can be a part of what God's doing right now in our community. We'll love the opportunity to help you get connected uh, to Springbrook so that you can be a part of what God's doing uh, through this season and in our ministry together. And so uh, I just pray that you have a great uh, weekend. I pray that God would keep you safe, that God would fill you with hope 
and that you'd be able to experience the joy that I found, that so many of others have found in following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Would you pray with me? Father, I just want to thank you for this day you've given us today. And uh, God, I just thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. I thank you for the new life that is ours uh, in Christ. I pray that your spirit would just continue to fill us, that it would strengthen us and give us the power to accomplish what you have for us as we go through this season as a, as a ministry together. God, I just want to pray for those that are not secure in who they are in Christ. You know, many times I talk to people and when you ask somebody, you know, what happens uh, when you die? Where are you going to go? You know, this, we're in a season right now where a lot of people are thinking about mortality. I think one of the things that's really captured people's attention is that none of us uh, is not at risk of getting this disease and, and this virus. And, and every one of us is at risk of, 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 of dying. And I think that's something that has just captured our attention at this point. So God, I just pray that for those that are not secure and where they're going to spend eternity, God, that you would use this as an opportunity for your spirit to draw them into a relationship with himself. And God, I pray that we can celebrate um, that decision with them. God, we look forward to all that you have for us. And God, we commit this day to you for your glory. May, your, may you be known. May you be exalted among the earth. May you be exalted in our nation. And may you be exalted in our life and our ministry. We look forward to all that you have for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, be sure to visit our website, uh, springbrook.org. If you have any questions, if there's anything that we can do to help you through this season, through this time, I would love the opportunity uh, to hear from you. I hope that you have a great day. God bless and may the peace of Christ uh, rest on you.